0: I think it's easy to get stuck in this thinking of, okay, we need analytics and we don't know what that means. Exactly. So we're going to go hire a bunch of people. We're going to hire a bunch of data scientists because everybody's telling me I need a data scientist. I'm going to hire a team of people to pull in all this data. And then I think they realize, okay, I'm just throwing money and people at the problem. And this is actually a system problem, not a people problem. And it's a strategic problem, not an effort issue.
1: Welcome to The Data Chief. The Data Chief is a podcast for data and analytics leaders to share their personal stories and insights on technology, culture, and leadership. Today's guest is Michelle Jacobs, the president and co-founder of marketing measurement agency Polite Analytics. Alight's marketing intelligence platform, ChannelMix, fuels a suite of next-generation solutions that are helping marketers more strategically collect, analyze, and use their data. On this episode, Michelle and Cindy discuss how data can turn marketing from a regretful expense to a worthwhile investment, the benefits of learning to ask the right questions of your data, and how to determine a customer's wants and needs without invading their privacy. Plus, they talk about how to flip the 80% of the time we spend preparing data with the 20% of the time we spend analyzing it, share tips for adapting to the rapid pace of change in technology, and much more. Enjoy today's episode with Michelle Jacobs. The
0: Data Chief is presented by our friends at ThoughtSpot. ThoughtSpot makes it easy for you to use search and AI to analyze your company's data lightning fast business people at companies like Walmart, Hulu, and Medtronic use ThoughtSpot to quickly uncover new insights and turn them into action. And you can too. Learn more at ThoughtSpot.com.
2: Today, I'm happy to introduce everyone to Michelle Jacobs, president of Alight Analytics. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Cindy. And Michelle, you're calling in from the Midwest today, right? I am. I'm in Kansas City, for sure. That's where our headquarters is. Now, two Kansas cities. I know the difference. Kansas City, Missouri. Yes? Kansas City, Missouri. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was born in St. Louis. Have you been up in the St. Louis Arch? I have one time. It's very small. It is very small. I feel like those capsules you go up in remind me of an astronaut's uh, bubble. It's, it's, I was terrified. I was four <laughs> years old the first time. Um, good. So Michelle, tell me a little bit about what does light Analytics do? Absolutely. Alight Analytics
0: is a marketing analytics provider. We have analytics solutions that are tailored to agencies and brands to give them a turnkey way to really manage their marketing spend, their marketing campaigns, and have a
2: clear-cut way to get insights into what to do next. Okay. So you're leveraging data core to your business, but you were not always a data person. You were more... Coming from the marketing angle, absolutely. Tell us about that journey. So, how <laughs> did you? How did this happen that you became a data chief?
0: Good question. I yeah, I started my career in advertising, working for Saatchi and Saatchi, a global ad agency, as a media buyer. So, I was still into the numbers for sure. Um, but as time went on, I um, ended up at American Century Investments, where I was in their a third-party division, and got really interested in the websites. You know, that's when things really started to blow up in the internet space, and web analytics started to become a thing. Then, and that was really—it was brand new, right? You know, the websites were brand new, digital advertising was brand new, and analytics was brand new. And I was young, so I was really interested in it, and I just learned the ropes, taught myself. And it turns out that I had a knack for it. And so I you know, really transitioned my career uh, to be more analytics-focused than, than media.
2: Right, right. So so this is just shortly after Y2K, things are turning digital. Was your first entree really into, was it like Google Analytics? Or how did you first mine
0: it, mine the data? <laughs> Yeah, Google Analytics wasn't around yet, so it was actually um, Omniture. I remember Omniture yeah, yep. back then, which is now owned by Adobe. Um, so it was Site Catalyst was the first tool that that we used to to mine the data, and of course Excel.
2: Yes, well, I, uh, people who know me know I go back to Lotus One Two Three, so I get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Excel. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of marketers still use Excel poor things. We try to get them out of it as much as we can. I mean, know. Yeah, it's great. It's it's great for some things, but it's uh, it yeah. can be it can be tough for a repeatable solution. It is. Let's clarify. We do love our spreadsheets, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it but to analyze the data. So okay. So you're really a marketing person at heart. So tell me the range of data sources now that a marketer really needs to pull from, and maybe think of if you want to genericize one of one of your customers, so retail has been really hard hit in, in COVID, how would a marketer pull all this data together? Absolutely. So we really preach a theory where you're
0: starting from the top down. So you're figuring out what questions do you want to answer first, right? Let's think about what my marketing is trying to do. What are we trying to accomplish? What are our goals? What are our strategies? Once you determine what that is and outline that, then it becomes really easy to know what data you need to pull. So you know what questions you're trying to answer, then that leads to the sources that you need to pull from. So if the question is for you know for retail, if the question is how many sales did I do, you know it always goes back to sales. Um, then you start from there, right? So you're going to need to pull in data from your CRM systems. You're going to need to going to need to pull in data from all of your uh, marketing activity, whether that's your online advertising, your email systems. Um, it could be TV, radio, print. With everything that's going on now, there's probably less radio out there than, than before. But certainly, there's probably more streaming um, ads that are running now than than historically. So it's really about where you're spending your efforts and your money from a marketing standpoint and making sure that all of those touch points are included so you have a completely full picture of where all of your money and your efforts are being spent.
2: Right. So I like this idea of starting with the question, or I like to say aligned to the business outcomes that you're trying to optimize. So this data is often locked in different systems and you're saying, well, think about the questions and where do you need to pull data from? How does somebody do that if they're not even aware of what's possible? Because let's, let's go a leg further. Do we even have all that data to really get a picture of the customer and what they want? We cross over into difficult things like personalizing without invading somebody's privacy. How do you handle that? Absolutely. So, what we
0: tell everybody is to break it down and start at the campaign level or the channel level. Don't worry about the individual. There's a lot of ways you can address the individual. You know, what did Cindy do? We tell people, don't worry about that yet. Let's start with how did my my marketing ecosystem do? How did my channels do? So I want to see how did Facebook perform? How did LinkedIn perform? How did my Google AdWords perform? Um, I want to look at all of my channels and my sources and get all of that together first, right? And so that's why we've created things like, you know, our paid social out-of-the-box dashboards or our paid media out-of-the-box dashboards or our lead generation dashboards or e-commerce because you can look at things at that high level and really start optimizing at the channel level. So that's really our focus and where we have people start because that's a lot more consumable and a lot more easy to manage than trying to optimize for Cindy specifically.
2: Right. Thank you. So that sounds great. Let's figure out which channels are performing the best, giving us the biggest bang for our marketing spend. But then you shared something on LinkedIn actually recently from a a quote from my old friends at Gartner, that by 2023, 60% of CMOs will slash the size of their marketing analytics team. Because 50% will fail to realize the potential improvements. So if there's big business benefit, and we know it's good, what's going wrong here? Well, let me start with, do you agree with this quote, this prediction, even?
0: You know... I don't know if I. I don't know that I necessarily agree. It, it goes against what we have been hearing um, that people are going to be slashing their budgets. Um, I think maybe they'll be redirecting and getting smarter about it. Possibly getting smarter. Maybe just getting smarter about what they're spending. I think people go through these phases where they decide they need to do analytics. And I mean, I'm in the. You know, I would have been in the same boat as a lot of marketers. You know, we weren't trained on analytics in school. What, you know, us older, <laughs> us older marketers, you know, that wasn't a thing when we were in college. And so, uh, you know, we're still figuring out how to, how to piece it all together and what it means for our organizations. And I think it's easy to get stuck in this thinking of, okay, we need analytics and we don't know what that means. Exactly. So we're going to go hire a bunch of people. We're going to hire a bunch of data scientists because everybody's telling me I need a data scientist. So I'm going to hire a data scientist, I'm going to hire a team of people to pull in all all this data, and then I think they realize, okay, I'm just throwing money and people at the problem, and this is actually a, a system problem, not a people problem, and it's a strategic problem, not a an effort issue. So maybe that's where they're seeing the switch is that, you know, they're just going to make their money work harder, and instead of just investing in a lot of workhorses to go manually pull data from places. Um, they're going to be using, you know, systems and tools that are already in place that do that automatically. And then you can have fewer people more focused on, frankly, the more fun aspects of analytics, which is analyzing the data and deciding what to do next. I mean, that's that's really the cool part of it. And, um, the, you know, managing data and Copying, pasting data into Excel all day long—that's not anybody's dream job.
2: <laughs> oh, I know, but but it is. Is well, so I love what you're saying. That the fun part is the analyzing. It it uh, that's also the impactful part. But we have a problem in our industry that um, we spend eighty percent of the time preparing, accessing, stitching it together, and only twenty percent on analyzing it, General figures. So it's it's how do we how do we flip that. I hear what you're saying. Don't throw a team of data scientists or people at the problem, but are the people ready for this? Is it about upskilling?
0: I think that's part of it too, for sure. I mean, it's it's the two pieces, right? It's having uh, investing in a, a system, um, a solution that can get you all of the data together, consumable, make sure it's accurate, make sure it's updating automatically, right? Like let's get our solution in place and then let's make sure we have people who are either trained or that we can train that understand marketing, understand our campaigns and can analyze it in a way that allows us to do something with that data. And I don't think that that's as easy as people maybe think it is. Um, Not everybody is probably cut out for even looking at, great you know pre-prepared uh, dashboards or reporting not everybody is of that analytical mindset to know what to do with that data um, I think that's probably a, a gap in an education and just making sure that we're identifying the right people that would be good at that because it's certainly not for everyone
2: yeah so is the that they're not in an analytical mindset do you think think that is particularly problematic for the marketing function or marketing people and how do we change it how have you changed that in the organizations you've worked in
0: you know i i think that you'll find people who probably come from more of a background like mine more of a media background are more analytical in nature just because of being media planners and buyers leads to that more analytical thinking. And I've found that, you know, if we look for people who have that type of background, they fit nicely into an analytics role. You know, people who are more... Uh, you know marketing campaign managers or strategists and certainly creative people, not that they can't have that aptitude, but they tend to not be as interested in the data pieces of it as they are kind of the more overall campaign objectives or the the beautiful creative executions or you know the, the
2: branding messages do you think they trust their gut more than the data
0: <laughs> it's funny you say that because. It's not as bad as it used to be, but we've had uh, clients over the years specifically that we have shown them, you know, analysis after analysis that says, stop doing direct mail. And they tell us, I know that says to stop doing this, but my gut says it's working.
2: Wow. (laughs) You know, I'm actually afraid in our house, the U.S. Census uh, ballot got automatically thrown away even. So um, yeah, direct mail. Yeah, or or for some things it's good. I i the, our our charity donations. I need it in print. Otherwise, it's not happening. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not picking on direct mail at all. It could be you know AdWords.
0: It could be whatever. It's just this was one specific example where it wasn't working for them anymore. I mean, it works for other people, but you know, we do. Uh, we have a lot of um, attribution models that our clients you know can use out of the box. And you know, you have to put your feelings, you have to try to put your feelings aside and trust the data. And that can be very difficult to do.
2: So think of a particular impact where data had a measurable benefit. Can you take us through that story? They were living in spreadsheets, gut field decision-making, manual processes, and they got to better analytics what was that impact, and how did it help the client better perform or the business better perform? What were the actions?
0: Absolutely, you know my uh, business partner Matt. He speaks a lot um, educating marketers, and he has this um, slide that shows the data death march, which is all about what you just described, right? It's getting the data out of these systems and then putting it into Excel and then putting it into PowerPoint. And, <laughs> and then, you know, you try to analyze it and somebody has a question and you have to go do the whole process over again. So this data death march is what almost all of our clients come to us with that. They're typically in that situation where they're um, you know, manually working through data and doing exactly what you said they're spending eighty percent of their time just getting data ready for an analysis and twenty percent of their time if they're lucky actually analyzing it um, so what we've you know seen with a lot of our clients is a complete you know, turnaround and them being able to provide amazing insights and a lot of our clients are ad agencies so they're able to then take their client you know that great uh, insight to their clients and so they see an overall um, improvement in the stickiness of their client base Right, they see an improvement in um, the amount of media spend and where that spend is going. They have a lot happier employees because they're not just monkeying around with data all day. But that's, (laughs) um, you know, we um, a a real story I'll share with you is um, one of our clients is the NBA. And as you know, you know, when it comes to well, not this year, but in typical years, playoff season um, is. You know, insane for them, right? They have some big games throughout the year, and our our contact every year. She would work, you know, they would work all night, all weekends, you know, pulling all of this data together. A lot of it from Twitter to figure out, you know, how how everything was performing. And once they brought us on board, that went away completely. Went away. She's like, for the first time, like I have my nights nice and weekends back during the playoff season, like. This is life changing. So she could watch the games. <laughs> right. It's, and, you know, we heard that from somebody, from another client too that, oh my gosh, I'm actually able to go out and, and date now. Like, I don't have to just sit home and, and work with data. So it's not always just about um, the great marketing decisions that people can make. It's also about the time that people are getting back to their life where they don't have to, you know, be spending all this effort and, you know, manually working with data.
2: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So they can watch basketball again. Uh, somebody is at, back out there dating. Out I've never dating. thought about the joy that 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 data and analytics done right can bring people. I Who, love knew? Who knew? Who yes, knew? I know. Yes. And, and I think we're now going to have a new industry tagline, the data death march. So was, <laughs> was this also um, your colleague, Matt, you tweeted this, PowerPoint is where data goes to die? Yes, absolutely. That's his. Okay, that's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so true though, you know, over
0: all these years we've all you know we, we get we get all this great data together and we make these amazing charts and we put it in PowerPoint and we present it, we never look at it again, right? You know, there's there's nothing it's it's just not sustainable. It's not as great as having something that updates for you every day that you can look at it and say, "Okay, You know, even for our business. I mean, we use it. You know, we use it ourselves. And we've been doing... We've had to switch all of our marketing because of COVID, right? We can't go to conferences like we normally would. Um, So we've done a lot more uh, digital. And for us, you know, we learned that, gosh, AdWords wasn't really performing well for us. But LinkedIn... Was really doing gangbusters, so we moved a lot of our budget. But how do we not been looking at this on a daily basis? You know, a quarter goes by, months go by, you don't look at it, you don't know. COVID's, you know, everything's over, and you've missed it. Um, yeah. So you know, it's the ability to react quickly um, is is huge.
2: Well, so reacting quickly, um, especially in a crisis is important. And one of the things that the industry is faced with is the pace of change of technology as well. So the businesses are moving fast. The business environment is moving faster and technology is moving faster than it was 10 years ago. How do you deal with that?
0: You know, that's a great question because it's, not only is technology moving faster, but there's more and more from a marketer standpoint, there's more and more ways to get your messages to people than ever before. I mean, that's part of the rapid development is every day there's a new source, a new channel. And, you know, that's something that we've heard pain points from people who try to manage all of this data themselves uh, without relying on a partner. Um, they struggle because, you know, Facebook changes their API. Once a week, you know, suddenly, you know, you know, I'm sure if you're on Facebook, I'm sure you see now they've got the, the care reaction where you can give somebody a hug. Well, every time they make a change like that... Um, Which is amazing change. I mean, that's probably been needed for a long time. Um, But that's a great change. But that heart, you know, the heart, the hugging heart um, now allows, you know, that's one more piece of data. That means that's an update to the technology, the API that's used to call all the data from Facebook has to change. So unless you have a team of people who are 100% dedicated to monitoring all of your connections to all of your data sources all of the time, you're not, you're it's going to break on you, right? And you're not going to get that data. So that's why we're really dedicated to having a team. That's all they do, right? That's all they do is manage um, our clients' data, manage the connections to the sources. And that's, you know, that's one way that we're trying to keep up with technology from a very tactical standpoint, right? That's just a daily challenge that we have. We're always adding new connections to new sources. Or figuring out ways to get in the data. Um, and then another way that we're keeping up with it is really the focus on modeling and attribution and forecasting. While not everyone is ready for that yet, we do have some clients who are ready to start investing in those models and making decisions based upon those models. And that's, that's really cool and really fun. And Something that you know, years ago, you just would never have imagined that you could look at your marketing data and, and predict how your spend is going to work in, in, over the next you know, few months and be able to make changes based upon how much you want to spend or how many more leads you need or whatever it is. And the ability to do that is constantly changing and improving and it's just going to help our marketing get better and better.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. So, a couple things you mentioned there: new channels, the, the hug, the hug reaction. <laughs> um, what other new? What other new sources of data or new channels have you seen in the last year that you're most excited about? Oh,
0: that I'm most well. Oh, uh, well, or or most impactful. I think what's really exciting now, what people are really starting, or what I'm getting excited about too, is people are starting to be able to um, get more and more of their sales and CRM data in a, a good place like a, a Salesforce force or, um, you know, somewhere where they can easily access it. And even though sales, I mean, nothing is more boring, probably in old school than sales data. But what is cool about it now is that we're able to pull it in and um, tie it to marketing performance data mm-hmm. so that yeah. we can really see, you know, how exactly, how many leads, how many sales. And while that's an old channel, that's one that we're seeing getting a lot of attention right now. People are very, very interested in um, either if it's even if it's lead generation or e commerce or, or traditional retail, they're very interested in making that connection. You know, it's not just about how many views or impressions or clicks did I get. People are really tr- starting to take that next step.
2: Well, because in the absence of that, if it doesn't lead to a sale, then that, those budgets have to be cut or scaled back.
0: Absolutely. Marketing has always been treated as an expense. And so we tell people it's, it's an investment. So when you have analytics, marketing can be an investment. It shouldn't be the first budget that gets cut. You should show them that it's actually working for the company. So an
2: investment, not an expense.
1: This was part one of Cindy's interview. Continue on to part two in your podcast player or click on the link in our show notes.
0: The Data Chief is brought to you by our friends at ThoughtSpot. Searching through your company's data for insights doesn't have to be complicated. ThoughtSpot makes it easy. With ThoughtSpot, anyone in your organization can easily answer their own data questions, find facts, and make better, faster decisions. Learn more at ThoughtSpot.com. The Data Chief is presented by our friends at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company. ThoughtSpot makes it easy for anyone to analyze your company's data with search and AI. Business people at companies like Verizon, CVS, Amazon, Afterpay, OpenTable, and T-Mobile use ThoughtSpot to quickly uncover new insights and turn them into action. And you can learn more at ThoughtSpot.com.